0: and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit zuiigroup.com for more information. The Zui Group team looks forward to welcoming you.
1: Welcome to the Letter podcast. Putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear, Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you. Free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time.
0: Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you as always. Uh, I have a great guest with me today, and he's somebody that's actually been on the podcast before. And that person is James Garrett Jr. Uh, he is an outstanding architect from the Saint Paul, Minnesota area. He's part of the, he's he's from the Twin Cities, and we actually had James on. Uh, wow, probably say the summer of 2020 during the height of the pandemic, uh, right after the James Floyd incident, um, we had, uh, James on and, um, and we talked about, uh, uh, we talked about the, the, the issue that happened there in Minnesota, but we, we also talked about a number of different things. And so I wanted to bring him back on the podcast just to kind of check in with him. Uh, And I said, James Floyd, I meant George Floyd. (laughs) So let me, let me qualify that. I'm talking to James Garrett. I was referring to George Floyd, the George Floyd incident in May of 2020. Um, And James and I have spoken at length a number of times, and we got a chance to connect on that podcast episode where we talked about a lot of things related to the actual George Floyd incident. But today, I really wanted to just connect with James and talk about what he's been up to since that time. And he's actually received a number of awards since then. So uh, this gentleman has not let any grass grow under his feet, uh, and he continues to push the needle forward in the area of design. Um, in the area of architecture. And so without further ado, I want to welcome James Garrett, Jr. uh, back to the Zweig Letter Podcast. James, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, Randy. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, for, for the audience that, you know, and again, I'll refer back to that f- a previous episode in the show notes, but just give the quick cliff note version of who you are and and uh, your background as it pertains to Formula uh, Architects and, and, uh, and what you have been doing there in the Twin Cities.
2: Yeah, uh, certainly. Um, again, my name is James Gary Jr. I'm the managing partner and co-founder of Formula Architects uh, here in, based in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, we also have a satellite office now in New York City, New York um formula means form plus urban landscape articulation and i think that is the best uh description of what we do what we um do every day here we build um community and we build buildings and uh we're really excited to be working sort of at the intersection of some of the most really complex uh projects here in the Twin Cities, including um, George Floyd Square, um, working on the urban design and some community engagement related to that. Um, We're really here in the aftermath of everything that's happened, trying to put the pieces back together and really reassemble the pieces here in the community um, in a way that sort of builds upon Um, what has happened in the past and really takes it forward into um, sort of this new age or this new uh, era of community uh, oriented and community generated design.
0: Okay. And it's so in, in the past two years um, you, you've, I mean, there outside of some of these, uh, programs that you've been working on, specifically the urban design of George Floyd Square and the Memorial for Philando Castile. Um, there's a lot of other projects that you guys have done. And, and again, you guys have, have been a working um, architectural company for a number of years. So this is not your first rodeo. You guys, you guys have stayed and remained busy. Um, what what else is is currently um, getting you excited right now about the architectural space?
2: Yes, um, that's a a great point. We have really kept ourselves busy. Um, We're in July. We celebrated our 20th year um, in business as a firm. Congratulations. uh, uh, Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we're actually transitioning um, as we speak into a new uh, physical office location for the first time in 15 years. We're going to be um, we're in the process of packing up and 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 moving, um, so we're really excited about the new possibilities that this new um, office space is going to bring. We are partnering with two other black businesses um, and renting out an entire floor on a skyscraper here, um, still in downtown St. Paul. But we're basically doing sort of a co-working, uh, sort of co-support um situation where we're we're working with um we're working with uh you know these other organizations and really trying to make um, you know a big a change in um you know we're trying to make a change in the way that we operate and we're trying to really partner with other entities and organizations that are doing similar work. And so we're moving in with a firm, a Black-owned firm, that does some urban design work, some community engagement work, and some real estate consulting work. Um, It's an organization that we do multiple projects at any given time with anyway. And so we're like, let's just combine forces and um, physically occupy the same space and see what additional collaborations can kind of come out of that that union. So we're looking to kind of change things up and um, we've kind of been sort of solitary in a way, sort of in our own corner of the world, just sort of doing what we do. And um, we're making the big decision to sort of open up and sort of integrate and co-work with some other folks that are doing some really amazing things in the community as well. So we're really excited about those possibilities.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, when I, when I hear you say that, I mean, I always think about the, what, what is it? um, You know, you know, you can go far by yourself, but together you can go even further. You can do greater things or, you know, I know the, the age old adage, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. And there's always um, when you have uh, a multiplicity of efforts, um, there's always more that, that can be done. So that, that sounds really exciting. And, Uh, I look forward to kind of seeing what you guys are able to to create and come up with this whole idea of a co-working space. Is this something that maybe you hope to replicate uh, in other locations or maybe as a from a business perspective um, that you kind of hope to share and model for other other black businesses?
2: The concept really came out of a situation where we were looking to start a New York office. Um, in 2017, and we ended up a friend of a friend was working for Damon John, and uh, you know, I've from heard of Hulu him, and from uh, <laughs> Shark Tank, you know, the Shark Tank, and she right. was working for the Shark Group, and she said, "Hey, we just moved into this new space. We've got extra space. Damon is interested in having, you know, other, you know, entrepreneurs that are, you know, doing interesting things, you know, um, sort of co work with us." yeah and so we were like okay cool and so we met with him and everything was great and we moved in and so for three work three years um we had a functional new york office in uh the garment district um fashion district in new york doing some really interesting collaborating we collaborated with uh two cuban gentlemen who had a uh web rep, a web design firm and they actually designed our website. We met them, you know, they worked in the same sort of quad as us in the co-working floor and we you know, we just had some really interesting partnerships and some really interesting um opportunities that came out of just sort of opening up and being a part of this larger community that that Damon John was sort of curating in Manhattan and um we started to really think about that as a model and said, you know, this type of model could work you know, back home. And so uh, it just so happened that these other individuals were talking about and thinking about the same thing and the space, uh, spatial opportunity opened up and, you know, they called and I said, you know, let's, let's do it. I think the time is right. And, you know, we had success uh, for several years in New York with that model. I think it could work, you know, here. And so this, this was that opportunity. So I think we also found ourselves designing spaces for clients that, you know, through the pandemic, really served uh, the way that creatives and designers are working in the 21st century much better than sort of our studio, sort of atelier, you know, 100-year-old building, you know, open office format that we had been going by and as we're designing these spaces for clients and clients are moving in and just loving, you know, these spaces, we're like, we need this space for ourselves. Like we're designing <laughs> spaces that we should have access to and that we should uh you know, we should be anchoring our business out of these types of spaces. And so I think it was a, a combination of doing several of these for clients and wishing that we had a space like this ourselves and then that experience with the, the black co-working model in New York with Damon John and FUBU and, and um, you know, the shark group that has kind of put it in our mind that we need to look for an opportunity to replicate something like that here. And so, you know, this is it. And we're we're making that leap uh, at the end of the month.
0: Oh, man. Well, I congratulate you, you on that. And, and certainly I welcome some some future feedback on how it goes and 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 what what comes of it, right? And you kind of think about, I think, I think if nothing else, the pandemic, if I think about the last, man, it's been, it's been almost, I don't know, I'm losing track now, but you know, more than than 20, 20, 28 months, almost 30 months of time that has elapsed since we had to go on lockdown in March of 2022, but or 2020 rather, but the thing about it is that everybody Businesses, all types of businesses had to become much more efficient and malleable to change. They had to embrace entrepreneurship in a different way. And it sounds like you adopted that mindset early on and between what you've done with Damon John in New York and what you're doing in St. Paul right now, you are kind of marrying all of these experiences together. And it's opening up new doors that maybe if I if I pressed you five or six years ago, you you might have never considered.
2: hundred percent. We, uh, you know, I think I'm always sort of on the front end of, of sort of actively thinking about what's the next thing. Um, is this thing that we're currently doing the best possible use of our, our time and our energy and our resources? Um, and I think, you know, my business partners are very much sort of like maintain what we've got, you know, we've got, we've got a good thing going, let's not make too many changes don't fix it if it ain't broke right Right, so it takes me a while to kind of shout from the rooftop and say hey over here guys like we need to be going over here they're like "Ah, i think we're good where we're at you know and so it's i think it's part of that sort of evolution also of our business that um you know i'm always trying to find the next thing and trying to position us to sort of go in the direction that's going to optimize the resources that we have and and time and and the energy and the talent. And it's just sort of taking a convergence of things to happen that it actually then finally made sense to everybody else. Like, oh maybe James isn't completely nuts. Maybe he's crazy, but maybe he's not completely, you know, out of it. So um, you know, the way that our firm works and the way that our leadership works is, you know, we disagree vehemently and often. And uh, usually somewhere between you know our disagreements is a path that's probably better than what it would be if if it was just me sort of leading or you know my partner sort of leading and so we sort of end up in these interesting middle grounds that usually turn out to to be quite fruitful so i think that um you know this was a sort of a convergence of a number of different factors that was just too good to pass up and it It just finally made sense, I think, to everybody that, you know, yeah, the New York model that we had was pretty interesting. And, yeah, this is kind of a close sort of approximation of that. And we can see ourselves being successful in, you know, this environment. So maybe this is the right time and the right moment to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I love that, and and I'm glad you shared that. There's always that dichotomy between you and some of the other leaders on the team, because I think if 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 everybody thinks alike, it's you just have that group think, right? And sometimes it's important to have those balanced perspectives on things to to kind of even things out, if you will, and have that point counterpoint, because then you know there's a little bit more safety in that, even for those that are very forward thinking and are constantly out on the the next best thing. You still have others that are rooted back where you are as an organization and it it allows the balance to remain.
2: Yeah. And I I give that advice for um, young people and students all the time that are, you know, burgeoning entrepreneurs that are interested in starting their own firms. You know, one of the big things that I tell them is one, get a partner right? I wasn't successful until I had a partner, you know, my first business endeavors failed, you know, when I was a sole proprietor, I didn't start succeeding until I got a partner, a great partner. Right. So that's the first thing, get a partner. And the second thing is get a partner that thinks and operates very differently than you do. Right. Because it's like, if you're both operating in the same space, if you're both great designers for instance, um, but nobody is sort of like that technical sort of you know uh, pragmatic technician uh, you're limiting yourself right you're you're replicating the things that you're already good at and you have blind spots that are exposed and so find a partner that functions very differently than you that you admire that you respect that you trust um, but that has a very different skill set because that way between the two skill sets you're covering a much broader sort of swath of what is possible and what is necessary in this industry. Right. And you're not just sort of replicating the same skills over and over and, you know, leaving blind spots all over the place. So get a yeah. partner and get a partner that functions very different and sees the world very differently than you do.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because as I, as I think about just the, the, the Zweig group at the time, it was at Zweig White and associates when Mark Zweig and Fred White were running the company, um, Fred was more of the the uh, the introverted founder that uh, kind of worked behind the scenes, and you know he was you know just brilliant, a brilliant mind. He created his own software, the whole nine yards. Mark was the extroverted, out in in the front loquacious, outgoing, um, would, you know, client facing type of individual, not that Fred couldn't face clients, but, you know, Mark was just, that was just Mark's thing and he had a lot of success. And so they each brought their unique abilities to, to, to the table together. And that's why Z- at the, for the longest time Zweig was so successful uh, and has been, but, but even in the early years, they were so successful and made the Inc 500 at the time, several years in a row, because, you know, they had those, the leadership had those differing skill sets. And they, when they, when they came together, it, it was just amazing to see what they were capable of doing.
2: Exactly. I mean, that's, that's a hundred percent. And, you know, I- when we were awarded the highest honor in the state of Minnesota, the the AIA Minnesota gold medal, um, it was awarded to each of us. So we were the first duo to ever win. Um, we were also the first non-white people to ever win. And we were also (laughs) by at least 20 years, the youngest, um, architects to ever win here. Um, and I think that is 100% due to what you just described in terms of we, we are known together. Like we're not known separately. Like, you know, I'm on the front end, Nate is on the the other end and we're, we sort of oscillate back and forth between those very different frequencies, but it's that mere oscillation process that generates and creates, you know, really memorable and I think meaningful work. And so um, they didn't award it to just one of us or the other of us. They awarded it to us as a duo and i think that speaks very very highly and very succinctly to exactly what you that just dynamic that you just described.
0: Yeah. No, i love that. Well, so okay, i want to get into something that you said earlier. I want to back up just a little bit. You mentioned to me that uh you were in the process of um interviewing or, or talking to a young student. And I know you do a lot of mentoring with young people and you were kind of giving them some advice about getting a partner and then get a partner that thinks differently than you do, which we just talked about. Um, one of the biggest challenges in the design industry space is finding good talent. You mentioned to me recently that you just recently got somebody from Florida a and shout out to historically black colleges and universities um, for those of you listening, if you don't realize it, if you're looking for a design professional, whether engineer or architect, chances are you could probably find them at one of several historically black colleges and universities across the country. And if you're not familiar uh, with them, you know, we have, uh, you know, you can always reach out to me and I'll give you some information or advice. I could talk about my alma mater, Howard University, that had an outstanding engineering program but a a stellar architectural program. And then, of course, North Carolina A&T has a great engineering program. FAMU has a great program. But just talk a little bit about the challenges that you see right now, finding good talent coming out of school, because I think this is an issue that all design firm leaders are struggling with, right? I'm sure if I put four... Uber talented young professionals in front of you, you would figure out a way to hire them because it's just the the market is tough right now. What what are you what are you seeing and how are you dealing with that?
2: Um, I think for us, you know, we're acknowledging that there's there's sort of a, a market shift that's happening as the millennials are fully involved in the workforce and are starting to moving to leadership positions, Gen Z is emerging and Gen Z is a very different, um, entity, um, than the millennials. And, um, we actually have a young lady who just started in our office today as her first day, (coughs) excuse me. And she's, uh, she's just one year out of school and she's part of that sort of Gen Z, um, cohort. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very different um group of folks with different skill sets and sort of a different um modus operandi I think and we're sort of making that adjustment and we're um you know navigating that um we never stay far away from mentoring um young people and so I've kind of seen these shifts over the years as I've mentored you know many 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 different young people um in different stages of their Career from you know college students, high school students, all the way through um, young professionals, and so um, I'm sort of recognizing a market shift. I mean, there's um, the young folks that are coming out now. I feel like have different skill sets than the young people that came out, you know, five to ten years ago. And so for us, I think those skill sets are very good fit um, for the teamwork. Um, the camaraderie that we try to build the family atmosphere that we're trying to build. And it's for us, it's finding the right fit in terms of can fit into the culture of what formula is the questions that we ask um, the ways in which we engage with community and sort of our general approach to design and um, engagement. So for us, We've been fortunate in terms of we get a lot of incoming requests from students from all over the country um, who are interested in, you know, international students as well, who are interested in the type of work that we do. And so um, we've been fortunate in a market that's been very difficult to find talent. Um, we continue to have really high quality individuals um, in our immediate network and then also sort of reaching out to us and um, making it known that they're, you know, these are the talents that they have and that they're looking for an opportunity with, with formula.
0: Yeah. And I know I've been, I'm, I'm and I'm not in any way, shape or form tooting my own horn, but as I've run across young arc, especially architectural professionals, you guys are always at the top of my list. You and a couple of other firms that I always send people to, um, I, I think of, um, uh, uh um, uh, Ozzy Nelson. Uh, I send people to Gregory Minot up in Boston. I send people to um, uh, uh, Chris Huckabee down in Texas. You know, there are just certain firms that I just send people to. So I- I'm sure you are getting your fair share of referrals and people that you can talk to. And I think it's important. Uh, Where and when possible, when you are able to connect with these young people that you, and this is just me giving general advice to anyone listening, that you take take the time to get to know these individuals, whether you end up hiring them or not. Um, it allows you to flex your mentorship muscle a little bit more which which is always something that we need to be building right i think b- being a good mentor um, is a muscle you have to you have to exercise it on a regular um uh, on a you know on a regular basis and so i think that you know i've seen you guys just from afar and what i've observed you take the time to do that and i think it ultimately pays off for you in the long run.
2: Yeah, it definitely does. Um, A lot of times it, it results in employment. Um, You know, the young people that I mentor, um, you get to know them, you get to trust them, you get to sort of understand, you know, their talents and and their strengths, and then also the things that they need to work on. And, and you can help them sort of work on those things. And then you also get to see their attitude and approach. You know, there's some people that they just, they want to know what they're not doing right you know, they're fine on the stuff that they're doing well. That's great. But like, tell me what, what am I not doing right? What are some of the things that, you know, um, how I can grow? And that is the the approach and the attitude that we like to see, you know, the growth, um, the strengthening of the weaknesses, right? Because all of us have blind spots and all of us have things that, you know, we're not as great. Not everybody's ambidextrous, right? Some people, they favor <laughs> one, one arm or the other, one hand or the other. Yeah. So. You know, what can I do with my other hand to strengthen my other arm? Right. And so those are the things that make a well-rounded human being and they make a well-rounded design professional. And so, um, you know, we are fortunate through these mentoring opportunities, uh, you know, that people approach us with that we're able to really get to know a lot of, a lot of people. And then, you know, sometimes there's other good fits in the marketplace where, you know, I have a friend that runs a firm that does housing and you know this person is really interested in housing and they're not as interested in some of the things maybe that we're doing but they're really talented and they have a great approach and I can also sort of broker that and so I can reach out to the other firm. Um, sometimes it's a construction partner or someone um, who's going through architecture school but is really interested on the construction administration side. Um, you know I was able to connect a young woman with an internship with one of our construction partners this past summer and um, really sharp. First time I met her, the first time I zoomed with her, I was like, okay, yeah, she's on the ball. She's got it. And I see where she's interested. And I said, you know what? I know that this construction partner of ours that's working on several projects with us um, they're solid. They, you know, their commitment to uh, you know, diversity and, and equity is in the right place. I said, well, this might be a good fit. And so I was able to sort of make that connection. And this young person was just ecstatic. And, you know, the owner of the firm came back to me at the end of the summer and said, that is one solid, solid young person. And she did a great job. Everybody loved her and said, she'll be ready for an architectural intern next year. And you guys should definitely pick her up next summer. You know, she's, she got a lot out of this construction uh, administration and project management. Uh, Thing that we did with her this year, but she'll be ready for you know some architectural work next year. And so, you know, I mean, those are the types of relationships that we we really value as well. Because there's people that are looking out for us in the marketplace, like you and like so many others. And so, when we find a good fit for someone else, even if it's not us at the moment, you know, we want to make sure that we make that connection. And you know, we want this industry to be strong. We want great work to be done. Uh, we want, you know, solid young people to be developed. Um, and so we're going to facilitate that in any way that we can, whether it directly impacts us or not.
0: Well, I and, and I love that attitude because I think it's important for people to hear that, right? It's not a zero-sum game. You're not going to hire everybody out there in the marketplace. There are going to be people that go to other firms, newsflash. So it, it is going to happen. I think if you play... A much more um, holistic. Uh, if you take a much more holistic approach to this, and and look for ways to help others solve some of their problems, you'll eventually get most of your, if if not all of your problems solved. Right? You know, I mean, Zig Zig Ziglar would always say, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll ultimately get what you want. A lot of that certainly applies to the people that you bring on board with your organization and help them to grow and and become and achieve their you know the greatest version of themselves within their career but it also applies to the company too and so um I, I see that as as having um kind of a universal test if you will in terms of how things ultimately come back to you as a firm
2: yeah i, I 100% agree and um last night we just got a uh an instagram post from our first ever employee who We hired in 2007, I believe, Mm -hmm. and um, he just solid, solid young man. And he uh, he went on. He was the first person that came through our office to go on and get licensed. Um, He eventually moved out of town and, uh, you know, we're still in touch. But I mean, he just got married and we just got a notification um on Instagram and you know saw the photos from the wedding last week and everything and couldn't be more proud of you know whatever role we had in and helping develop this young man and encouraging him and supporting him and giving him opportunities um to have uh support but also have responsibility and he's just i mean we couldn't be any more proud of of an individual great great solid guy and not just architecturally, but in terms of just a great citizen, a great human being, great caretaker of the planet, solid, solid guy. So we're super proud of that. And, you know, ultimately, I think that's the biggest contribution. It goes beyond the built environment and it goes into the community. You know, if you're able to sort of, you know, um, hold on to a certain set of values and sort of promote and sort of train up young people over the years with a certain set of values that reaches above and beyond just the built environment. And it talks about just doing the right things as a human being, you know, being solid in the community, giving back, taking your time to give back to those, you know, in the next generation, um, you know, honoring the fact that someone gave back to you. Yeah. Um, Those are types of things that really play forward and help make stronger communities, stronger cities, and ultimately, you know, a better world. So, you know, we're, We're super proud and we're, you know, always looking for, you know, those young people who have that potential and, you know, hoping that, you know, their experience working with us for two, three, five years, one summer, however long, that they're able to take something with them for the rest of their journey.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Well, and that man, that is like the perfect place to put a pin in this conversation. And I'm going to call it another to be continued because we certainly want to bring you back for another conversation to check in and see what you're doing. Because um, as I said, I'm certainly rooting for your continued success. And and, uh, I'm just excited to hear all that you've just done in the last, you know, 24 plus months. And so, uh, I'm just really excited about that. If people that are listening to this podcast, James want to reach out and just connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Yeah. The easiest way is either via LinkedIn, um, James Garrett jr. Or via Instagram, uh, formula underscore arch for R M U L a underscore a R C H.
0: Yeah, and we'll put all of that in the, um, into the, the show notes so people know how to connect with you and they can reach out to you. Because I know, like I said, I've connected a number of individuals with you, and you know whether anything comes of it or not, that that's neither here nor there. I just think it's it's just it's always good to know that there are other people like like you out there that are doing amazing things, and I think it's always good to. To connect each other with it, right? Because iron does sharpen iron, so I think that's important to, to stress and and to point out. So, um, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to continue to monitor you and Formula Architects and and watch what you're doing. And and uh, certainly, if there's anything that we can do for you in the future, please let us know.
2: Yeah. Really appreciate it, Randy. It's great to catch up. Uh, Let's continue the dialogue on the next one.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode with James. It was good to catch back up with him even after a couple of a couple of years. And and uh it's just nice to see all the amazing things that his firm is doing. So um, you know, it's it's just exciting. And the thing that I'm I'm most excited about is that design firms continue to grow uh in spite of everything that's going on, in spite of the pandemic. Uh, we're finding ways to iterate, we're finding ways to um reorganize, we're finding ways to strengthen our strengthen things with whether it's just the bottom line or whether it's our staff. And there's a lot of opportunities out there for design firms. So I want to continue you guys to uh, continue to encourage you all to fight a good fight and keep moving forward. And I uh, appreciate you listening to the Zweig Letter Podcast. Remember to learn more about one of the oldest newsletters in the design industry, just visit ZweigGroup.com. You can read articles online. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for a free subscription to the newsletter and have it delivered right into your email inbox every Monday morning. Make sure you sign up today. For more info about Zweig Group's advisory services or any of Zweig Group's publications, visit Zwiggroup.com. You can subscribe to the Zweig Letter Podcast wherever you listen to it, and please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here with another
1: new episode soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to The Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration. In addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.